It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the Reds edition, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com digital sports comms editor with Local12 anchor Gary Miller, Local12 producer, reporter, and anchor Jed Demusey. Uh, Reds are on quite a roll as we get set to do this podcast the first day of the, of the Brewers series. And that role led to an interesting thing from, from Bob Nightingale over the weekend. And I respect Bob. I respect his work. <clears throat> and I think sometimes national guys, um, they have their guys, right? And, and sometimes when they throw things out, it's more of a, hey, I'm doing you a solid. Maybe you'll do me a solid one day. But he, he, uh, he put out on Twitter that he thought it was time for the Reds to drop the interim tag from, from Jim Riggleman. Uh, Gary Jett, I don't know. I, no, no, it's it's not even close to that time. It's not it's not going to be that time. It, it, at the end of the year, if he does, if they do well, he's a candidate, right? But he's not yeah, the guy. I, I I think he definitely deserves the candidacy. But yeah, there's no rush to I, I, knowing the Reds. He's probably a leading candidate because and that, and that might be and that might be he's fair. Cost effective, correct? But he's you know he's certainly earned it in terms of their production and and the kind of turnaround they've had, but. Yeah, I tend to agree. There's no, no urgency right. to do it now, without seeing who else is. Yeah, I mean, would they, who would fit better? Would they be doing? Would they not be doing their due diligence at the end of this year? I don't even care if somehow he gets them back above the 500 yeah. mark to go to say, listen, yeah, you're one of our guys, you're a candidate for this, but we're we're going to interview three, four, five different guys. You, you'd have to do that to do your due diligence. I mean, there's 30 MLB managerial jobs out there to to pretend that nobody. Uh, of any of any uh, clout is going to want to manage the Reds other than Jim Riggleman is is misleading. I think that the Reds it, just 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 because they're a Major League Baseball franchise, people are going to want to manage. Joe Girardi has been very uh, out in front saying he wants another crack, he wants to get back in. So now we've got one legitimate candidate. Uh, yeah, I think that there's going to be names that that you have to vet at the end of the day you get to jim riggleman he's in his what mid 60s 65 i believe yeah okay Which, so that, that part doesn't bother me no it doesn't bother me either but he's had a couple bites at the apple here i mean i just don't think if we're talking about bringing up a guy who's younger a little more future wave of the future type manager a little more cutting that's, edge that's the trend right if if, the game. if that guy was the manager now, was Jim Riggleman. And I think, again, I think Riggleman has done a great job with the bullpen. I think he's done a great job with the starting pitching. I think you've got to give him credit just for some of the things he's done with the lineup. I, I think he deserves a lot. I mean, to put Scott Shebler and Tucker Barnhart one and two when neither one's fast. Right. I mean, they're not. I mean, Tucker Barnhart's not your typical plotting catcher, and Scott right. Shebler's not your typical plotting home run hitting outfielder. Right. But neither one of them are going to uh, win foot races with a lot of guys. But they are both high on base percentage guys, and that move does smack kind of at the at, – at, at, that's not what an old-school guy would usually do. Right. He'd that, look at the fastest guy and go, that's my leadoff guy. Well, right. he's, he's done something different there. I right. think he deserves some credit and, for that. And that's an indication that he's maybe willing to sort of look at numbers and, and say, we like this guy because he's he's got this on-base percentage, he's got this, that, or the other, not just your prototypical stuff, which is what old-school managers would do, as you mentioned. So I think he's a candidate. Um, you know, Bob Nightingale, you know, I, I – I respect his work a lot. I, I don't respect the fact that he said Joey Votto was the fifth best player in the National League last year. And I think he's taken an interest in this team. His son is a beat writer for the Inquirer. So, I mean, he's putting stuff out there. But I, I don't necessarily think 
he understands sort of the, the, the day-to-day, the nuances of what this job would mean and how much the Reds deserve a full-scale managerial search. When, when Dusty Baker was rode out of town on a rail, they, they handed that job to Brian Price. How'd that work out? Yeah, and that's why I would ask you, Gary. I mean, even again, let's just assume, let's just for argument's sake, he does. He's five. He's over five hundred. Maybe he's even gets them over five hundred. Right, correct. By himself. Let's say he does that. Um, I think if you're Dick Williams, I still think that would be hard to sell to the fan base. If, at least if you didn't interview a handful, and you may come back to Riggleman, and he might be the right guy. He might be the perfect guy. He might be the dead on. Hey, this is this is we we hit a home run by falling into Jim Riggleman as our manager. But I I don't think you can sell that to the fan base without saying listen we're gonna we're going through the whole process of this we're not just handing this guy the job yeah absolutely i mean it's the managerial position has been a, a, a bit of a flux for this this franchise you know <laughs> they haven't lived up to dusty's last season right. here uh, by any stretch uh, brian price was kind of a reach uh, you know pitching coaches have not made good managers and he and got literally a lot was, of rope right and literally was handed the job uh, so i, I I think Riggleman, I've always liked him. I thought, you know, he got some raw deals in the past, and then he decided to opt out in Washington because they didn't extend him, which is maybe why Nightingale is fostering this sort right. of thinking right. that, you know, Riggleman deserves the chance he didn't get with the Nationals with an extension. But I agree. Because you got to come back to the, the Larkin name, too, because the things we just talked about with the younger guys, with Aaron Boone, with his success with the Yankees, with guys coming in with first-time he's like this guy's never managed how, how can he do it and yet, yet having success because they know the game you know that would be a hugely popular well, having success because i can write aaron judge and giancarlo stanton well, on my lineup yeah. card and, but yeah your point's well but, taken but to, to to what gary's saying gabe kapler took a lot of heat the right. first couple weeks in philly looked like a disaster looked like a disaster and they and are in the cusp of, of the nl east race they are in the mix so there is something to be said for that not just you know being handed a you know a zillion dollar lineup but all the Reds have to do is give the appearance that they're doing a search. And even if they don't want to, even if they just want to hire Riggleman and just pencil him in, it would give the fan base so much more faith in this front office and in Riggleman if they just go through the process of having four or five guys in. If, if they're going to be dead set on Riggleman, fine. But to just come out today and say, hey, guess what? He, we, the Reds, he's you know orchestrated a – he's – you know, commandeered a hot stretch that this team has been on for a month or so. That that's just not doing justice to you, and it's counterproductive to the faith that this fan base has in you to do something like yeah. that. Yeah, I think you want to see too. You mentioned Girardi. What names that are out there would be interested in this job, and it would say something for the franchise. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely agreed. And and again, this is not a knock on what Jim Riggleman's done. It's right. Uh, it's the right thing. The well, right I'm an thing advocate, to do. But I agree. Yeah. It should, you know, we need to see. Is he the best candidate? Uh, Matt Harvey's uh, back on the path of having some good starts, and it's led to a small Twitter groundswell. Not that that's Mm. exactly the barometer of barometers. (laughs) Um, and nor should it be that boy. Maybe the Reds should should look to re-sign Matt Harvey. Um, I, 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 when they got Matt Harvey, I think the hope was, boy, I hope he pitches well enough to get anything for him. There's no scenario they re-sign him, right? I mean, I, I think he's actually pitching the scenario that anybody with any common sense was hoping for of, and actually maybe even better to the point now where teams are going to say, yeah, I might have to give up a really good prospect because there's not going to just be us that want Matt Harvey. There's going to be this team and that team and that team. I mean, you've got, 
you got those four American League teams that are all going to win 100 games, and two of them are going to be wild card teams. So maybe maybe they're looking and going, hey, we've got this prospect. we got the better prospect than they've got. Um, we'll, we'll give them up. You, you can't think of re-signing Matt Harvey, right? I don't think he would. Yeah, fair. No, not, well, there's that, too. That's a good I point. I think the only yeah. scenario I see is that he finishes the season because they don't get what they want right. for him. If he stays on this streak – you know, there's so many teams, like a team like the Angels, who's almost fallen completely out of it and because now. And part of their they're pitching. in the division we're, we're, with the Astros and the Mariners, right. and they've got, you know, their pitching is awful. Harvey would be an upgrade for them. Uh, their prospect situation isn't great. They don't have any depth to begin with, but that's the kind of team that still has a shot at making the postseason that Harvey could be useful for. We just saw the Cubs come in here with – not much to show in their rotation. Their bullpen is an atrocity. That's probably their main thing that they need. But all these contending teams, teams that are, you know, buyers, a lot of them could use Harvey, even if it's as a fourth starter. Yeah, and, and, and you know, let's face it, that team that's getting him is probably not even looking towards next year. They're looking for the last two months of this year in, into the playoffs. And I think the Reds might be in a great position, a better position than maybe they even hope for. I, I mean, I think we all agreed that when they traded for him, it was with the concept and thought in mind of flipping him if he continues to pitch this way i'd do a back flip if i was dick Williams i didn't have to say, any reason to believe he would pitch any better than he did for the mets yeah i didn't either and and he's pitched to the point where now if you're dick williams come mid-july because you know between now and the all-star break he's got what two more starts probably if you can yeah. make those two good ones and then another good one or two right after the all-star break and suddenly you're right at the trade deadline if you're dick williams you got a chance to, to talk about american league teams who have incredible line like kind of like the reds right do. if he can keep you in a game you know with a 450 yeah. ERA or something he's worth it yeah as opposed to what you're throwing out there now of a six era guy probably and, and you know c trent had an article in in the athletic where he talked about how matt harvey made his last appearance for the mets against the Braves, and he also made his last start for the Mets against the Braves and got touched up in both of those appearances. And, <clears throat> excuse me, the Braves are very complimentary to, to how much he's changed. Well, his velo- I mean, just difference. the velocity alone yeah. has changed. And yeah. just the difference that they've seen in him. I think it would be beneficial for Matt Harvey, and I know we're considering what's beneficial for the Reds. I think it's beneficial for Matt Harvey if he stays in a Reds uniform the rest of the year. Really? I think it's beneficial to him. For him, not for, for the Reds. Him. Yeah, because, yeah. Right. For him, I think it's beneficial because if he goes to L.A. or Chicago and he all of a sudden gets kind of thrown in right. to this again, that, that, that's that's a similar sort of pressure situation as it was in New York, you know, he could regress just because of what's going on between his ears. As to hell with Matt Harvey, as though. It as, doesn't... Far, <laughs> as, far as, as far as the Reds are concerned, I don't think re-signing him is, is completely out of the question. If he's not going to re-sign with the Reds, fine. But what could but can he... you? But can you roll that dice if you go to the deadline and, well, and you're getting depends. something for him? No, yeah. If they get what they want at the deadline, it's a moot yeah. point. But I'm saying, would he re-sign with the Reds for, for you to come out and say, no, he, he's not going to. Now, if he doesn't want to, that's fine. But if the Reds aren't listening, to, I mean, who knows what kind of incentive-laden deal that he potentially could agree to. Yeah, I'm just at the oak that I just don't see any win win for the Reds if if he stays on this roster the rest of the season. At any price? At any price. I just don't I just don't, I don't see know. it. They're having a hard time, you know, finding without him where would they be? With Castillo what? pitching as off pitching yeah. as awful as he is. I, but I, I still think this they're is They're having the, a hard time finding five guys. I agree, but I think you're in the year of discovery and the next discovery phase is is bringing Robert Stevenson back because he's pitching pretty well at AAA and has earned it and I think it's the last straw to find out, all right, 
are you going to be part of our future or not? I think you're at that stage with him. But the other part of it is, is the burden in the hand versus the bird in the bush. Uh, if you, if, you but know. this is a year. This isn't a year about winning, though, right? This is a year about finding things out as we move but forward. Why isn't Matt Harvey a part of the exploratory process? Are you okay? At the end of the year, is he going to sign a one-year deal after this year? If, if you're saying that I have to decide between giving Matt Harvey or Robert Stevenson a chance, I'm giving that, Robert Stevenson the chance every day. How many chances has he had? It doesn't matter. He's a young guy that you have control of. I, I mean, Harvey's not Harvey, old. Harvey, I'm saying if he signs, but a you don't deal, have control of. You're, but you're not. Are you going to wrap up another contract in a in a in a swarm pitcher? No. All I'm I mean, saying, you're about to get the swarm look, pitcher you, off the you books had in guys a year and a like half. Jake Arrieta, Cobb, <laughs> and, and Lynn, who couldn't get multi-year contracts. Right. Right. Harvey's going to get a one plus. Yeah, and yeah, I'm mean, lucky. And if and if you're coming to the table with let's give Robert Stevenson a chance, I mean, I'm in your discovery, man. I'd love to see if Robert. I'd love to see Robert Stevenson in a Reds uniform and perform. But this guy is getting close to being out of chances. Uh, no, no, I don't disagree with that. I, but I think he's pitched his way back to saying, "All right, you get you get another shot at the at the wheel. You get one more chance at this. I, I just one more I, crack I don't. At this. I don't think. I'm I think it's, with Jed. I think it's if Harvey can stay healthy, which he seems to, and he pitches the way he's been. That's a solid 150 inning guy who gives you a decent chance to win. We've got a an array of guys. There's who no doubt about are that part. Supposed to be really good. Malley seems to be running in a, a shape. Castillo's been. An, Awful. It's a disaster. He, he's close to being sent back to figure something out. No doubt. No doubt. And the other part is, too, is that you're not going to get a big return for a guy right. that teams know oh, that I'm they not, can just sign I, in the offseason. I'm not asking for a bit. I'm asking for a return. I'm asking for at least something in return. Yeah, I think that's what you did. Class A guy. That's all right. As long as it's something in return. You know, actually, the Daytona team is, or Dayton team is pretty good. Yeah, it is. The, the, they yeah, got the, some, they the, got some the, guys. Double A and triple A, not so much. Right. <laughs> well, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I think that, I think So that you're of the yoke that, that you're, I, I, you're still it, up in the air on Harvey. It, it, both off, of you are. Off season, off season, if he says, hey, I want a five-year deal, no, sorry. Right. Not going to happen. I don't, I, yeah, I well, don't think I, any I'm team would saying, do that. I know, I know. But if it's too much of a risk, if it's a one-year deal. Yeah, with incentives for innings. Yeah. Some, some incentive laden deal. I I, I don't Scott think Boris the, is going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Scott well, Boris. He had to, he had to eat some well, maybe Scott, with, Scott Boris took an off season he on did take a, he the did, chin took a this year. He took a pretty. And good, all you have to do is look at what happened with Mike Mustakis. No, you're right. They thought he was going to get a monster deal and ended up re-signing with Kansas City. And so. Jake Arrieta might be the fourth pitch, you know, the number four for the Phillies. Right, right. And he was supposed to be like the guy there, and so that that's further evidence that the market was probably what it belo- should have been. That's that may be fair. Um, all right, the Cubs over the weekend were in town, and the Reds Reds end up sweeping them. But one of the things I, I always find interesting about the Cubs is the flexibility that Joe Madden has with guys. That Chris Bryant can play third base and left field. That Ian Happ can play center field and second base and some first base. And uh, Ben Zobrist, and he did this before with, with Joe Madden in Tampa, but he can play second and third and left and center. And so. We got a chance to kick the can down the road with Nick Senzel because of Nick Senzel's injury. So you don't really force the hand of, got to bring him up. Where are you going to put him? Because we don't have to make that decision right now. The Reds don't have to make that decision right now. But what about the concept of keeping Scooter Jeanette and keeping Nick Senzel? And obviously Suarez to the contract and Peraza's playing well. And maybe start to cross-train them at different spots. Let's see if Scooter can play left. See if Nick Senzel can play shortstop and left. Jose Peraza actually played... Doing this off the top of my head, I think he started 11 games in center field for the Reds a couple of years ago um, at a point in time when they had Zach Cozart, so they were 
they they had gotten Peraza in a trade and they just want to get him in the lineup some and shortstops are you know Robin Yount was a shortstop and became a center fielder that's kind of a Greg Biggio was a second baseman became a center I mean those those position groups seemed to fit he was a catcher too and a catcher yeah. too yeah I mean kind of went straight up the middle right I mean <laughs> should the Reds think about doing something like that and it gives you the chance the, the reason I bring it it gives you a chance to not have to go make the decision of trade scooter or not. How about keeping as many good guys on this team as you can and finding a way to get them in the lineup? Maybe not every day, but rotate things around. I think the way the Cubs do, it's almost brilliant, to be quite frank. You know, it's interesting. Because uh, we said on previous podcasts, I've been a Jeanette advocate. Yeah, I have too. And, yeah. and to bring him, yeah. you know, to keep him and not let him, even though you can get something for him the way he's playing. Uh, but but you, you talk about whether it's a, a good idea to assign Riggleman. Jeanette is a guy... Who has wants to sign here? Wants to stay here? I think I do. That it. would be a guy. I, I think I do it. I, I, really, and I think you can still get a hometown discount, which is going to disappear as, I, as soon as I, I do too. Yeah, I do. I do too, Gary. I don't know if I'd be a five year, but I certainly three for sure. And I'm not sure I can't get the four and maybe a fifth option or three with a yeah, fourth three option. With a four. That gets him into thirty two ish. Um, and and you can you know if he's still playing well at that stage, then well you got a real bargain. If not, okay, you're at the end of the deal. We've got your ready-made replacements to, to, to move on. I, I just think you're almost at the point for the Reds now. When you start looking at that everyday eight, and we talked about it, I've liked the everyday eight, at least in some parts are not great, but overall, it's a pretty good lineup. They don't it's, play well in 40-degree weather. <laughs> maybe that's, what, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. I'm not sure anybody should play well in 40-degree weather. I'm just of the yoke that says, give me as many good parts and let's figure out how to play them. And I'm not here to tell you defense be damned, but – Jose Peraza is a pretty good little athlete. Yes. Why can't he play center field some? And Senzo, pretty good athlete, play shortstop some. No offense, left field ain't really tough. It, it, it's not the long throw from right field to third base. Well, look at how much has improved Winker's defense. Correct, correct. And, and Adam Duvall, when he first came up, they weren't sure he could play left field. It didn't take long to figure out, guys, pretty daggone good out there. So, I, I think Sounds like you're advocating position, Billy Hamilton won't be here. I, I'm definitely advocating <laughs> that. As, as Jed knows, I've been an advocate right. for that for a while, and I think that's, that is probably what's going to take place. Um, I do hope Billy keeps hitting the way Billy's hitting because his stock will go up come the trade right. deadline and you can get something for him. You can just him. stay at that 300 on base percentage. <laughs> that, that's all you're asking for. <laughs> um, I mean, would, 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 could you see a scenario maybe next spring training where the Reds try to cross-train some of these guys and, and, and maybe go with some of that model? And the Jonathan India kid, here's a kid that supposedly can play third, second, short. Right. Great, there's another guy that can play different places. Yeah, I mean, it's a good problem to have. I think the problem you run into that the Cubs are going to run into soon is you got to pay all these guys eventually, but that's down the road. And I think sometimes you advocate, Hey, we want to make sure that we've got enough value or that we're, we're assessing the value properly for this player. So putting him every different place, I'm, I'm devil's advocating for what you're saying because I agree with you. Yeah, no, the thing I would say, though, is you've already locked up Suarez, so that money's accounted right. for. Peraza, I think you've got another two or three years until he right. gets free agent eligible. Right. If, if you sign Jeanette, you're going to do it at a price right. I think that you think is at least fair to you. It's got to be fair to him, too, or he's not going to sign right. it. Um, and then you're down to India and, and Senzel. And uh, India, I'm way down the road. Right. Senzel, yeah. you're going to have control for, what, five or six more right. years for he gets. So you, we're talking about some guys you've got kind of like the Cubs. you got control over a chunk of those guys for a period of time. I guess the, the only question is, is eventually you're, you are going to have to determine what value these people have in your lineup. And if you're going to constantly be moving them from one spot to another, 
other and you don't give it them any sort of consistency to establish their value, that could potentially hurt the team in the long run because you could end up picking the wrong guy. You could say, oh, you know, we've since Elson playing in the outfield and, and playing second base, we think he's a little better. Dilson Herrera is kind of picking it up a little he's bit. He's actually too. playing very well down there. So in double, he, or he may be in this mix too. So again, it's just the type of situation where if you're not quite sure what sort of assets you have, it may be tough to evaluate them whenever their their contracts are up. And it's not going to be for a while, so maybe this is something you do. And I'm, I'm a fan of doing this. I just think hopefully the Reds have a, have, have a, a system in place going forward and they are not just saying, well, we're just going to pick people out of a hat and go from there. Well, the Cubs model worked in 16 <clears throat> when Zobris goes on to be World Series MVP Correct. out of nowhere. Now the Cubs model is this guy's either hurt or isn't producing. You know, Hap was their center fielder to start the year. And then he's at third base for the Red Series. Schwarber's a disaster in left field, but, you know, every 10, 20 at-bats, he, he jacks a, one he out. He hits one 500 feet, uh, yeah. Russell, they've just about given up on Addison Russell, who was one of the top prospects in baseball. They're talking, you know, about Machado now. Bryant's hurt. You know, I think they moved him around. So it's – Theirs is kind of like necessity or because they're not producing or are injured, you know. So that's – it's good to have flexibility when you have that. And if the Breds have shown some of that with Dixon. Yes. And Dino, the guys you mentioned who are the future, Senzel uh, and India. So I, I think it's a good thing to have. And they've had that flexibility in the outfield too. Those guys can play all – Yeah, and, I, and the reason I'm, I, I just – I know the whole concept of Senzel's on the come, and I get it. I mean, if he hadn't gotten hurt – it would have been a. He was on fire. He, right I think after right after the All Star break was going to be on this roster, and then it would have been figure out. Here you go, Jim. Figure out what to do. It's it now. Now it's on your plate. I, I you know, I'm just at the ilk when I look at Scooter Jeanette, and it looks so easy to say, all right, Senzel's ready. Trade him. If if you can promise me Nick Senzel's going to put up Scooter Jeanette numbers, sign me up. But until he does, I'm not. I'm not ready. To, I, I just want as many good guys as I can have, and let the manager figure it out on a daily basis. I, I mean, I, that's where I look at it. I, I'd rather have that as opposed to going, I don't have a center fielder and I don't have a left fielder and holy cow, what do we have? My second baseman that we thought was going to be great. I mean, you've seen it. I don't think, I think Nick Senzel is going to be great when he's healthy. I think he's going to be tremendous. But you've seen plenty of guys. For right. whatever reason, that next step, for whatever reason, seen plenty of reds. Fall, yeah, Cody fall right Reed. on their face. And he, <laughs> he looks like a guy that absolutely can't miss and he's just, he was killing it at AAA and he deserved the shot to be up here. But if you, if you, can you really? Can you absolutely promise me he's going to put up Scooter Jeanette numbers? No, but the other thing too, while he was getting that that finger surgery, I hope there was a light in his ear too, because maybe the 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 silver lining to his finger injury is that we can finally pinpoint pin down yeah. what happened and what's going on with that vertigo, because who knows when that was going to rear its ugly head. So now that he's he's basically on the, I know he's going to rehab, but he's basically on the shelf for a period of time. Hopefully that can be nailed down. No, they're 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 absolutely are no guarantees and as good as Senzel has been there there is no guarantee that he's going to come up and I, I think that that's you know going to be a blessing if they have that type of flexibility to take to take advantage of it the other part is it, it, the cards are going to call themselves with these guys you know if somebody's playing really well they're going to be forced to find a spot for them Correct. And, and they're all going to push each but, other but the thing I guess I is I would hope next spring training is spent allowing Scooter Jeanette to play some in left field if he's still on this team, which I think he will be. Allowing Senzel to go, just to make sure that it's just not one day you wake right. up and you go, holy cow, I got four guys for three spots, but I got a spot out there. Go ahead. Go give, go give it a try today. Now let's, 
let's work towards this goal a little bit. There's just got to be a plan. Yes. And, and, and that's yes. and that's what you're saying. There's got to be a plan. And Dick Williams or whoever else in, in his crawl or whoever has to has to approach these guys and say, hey, here's what we're dealing with. Look at the numbers Senzel put up. Look at, you know, this is this is what we're hoping for Jonathan India. This is what Dilson Herrera can offer. We want you to be on the field every day, but that may be in a different spot. If they're forthcoming with that and communicate that to guys like Scooter Jeanette and and Peraza, I if they I think those guys are going to be receptive to this. Well, and I know the common perception of fans is for the most part is get rid of Jeanette to make room for Senzel. But if I can get Scooter Jeanette putting up the numbers he's putting up and Nick Senzel to put up similar numbers, I'd rather have two guys doing that than one replacing the other in those in the, in that vein. That that that's common sense, that's right? That's why you have to, you know, you look at the the model for the central right now and Milwaukee's off-season moves made a lot of noise and they're paying a lot of dividends. They went out and got Yelich. Christian Yelich who is considered one of the best young hitters in the game and he's only going to improve from here. I don't think he's even played his best yet. Uh, and, and I just want to real quickly. I got to give credit. He doesn't work with us anymore. Terrence Thiege used to be our uh, one of our social social media coordinators here. He actually wrote a column in the off season about how and why the Reds should trade for Christian Yelich. So I want to yeah. give credit where he credit was on the too. market. Yes, he they was, and it, and it was and it, at, a, at a fairly cost efficient number the too. Reds that that would put up those same players the Brewers with, did it, with it, a franchise the Reds have dealt with almost exclusively. It, it, yeah, they've yeah. had years. the pipeline, the Miami pipeline, not but the pitch I think off, that but yeah. model of. Add another piece, you know, instead of having everything sort of relying on Votto. Now, we've got an incredible production out of Suarez and Jeanette Duvall in terms of RBIs. Shebler's been great since he moved to the leadoff Tremendous. spot. But are these – is this a 162-game thing or is this, you know – 30 a, games. A, a brief streak. Right. Uh, I think you probably need to add another, and especially you know Joey's going to be 36 in September. Yeah, I so. mean, eventually the wheels come off. They, they maybe don't come off as fast as a lot of guys that get to that age, but eventually it's it. It looked like it was going to be this year early on. I mean, he's stuck on six homers, 24 RBI forever. Suddenly they look up. I think what his last month he's his on base percentage is over 500, and you look up, he's over over 40 RBI and been a big focal point. I mean, that three, four, five in the lineup right the now is terrific. Confounding about Joey, his numbers are great, but his his clutch hitting has been very sporadic. It's like hit and miss. It's, sometimes it's been old Joey, and sometimes it's been take strike three with two guys on. You know, so I'm I'm wondering if we're seeing the start. Obviously, you're never going to approach what he did last year again. Correct. There's going to be some fall off, but his numbers overall are pretty good. But I, I think you need um, to start thinking. Offense isn't the problem. No, correct. With this team. Pitching is so hard to come by, and I think one of the other reason the Brewers have had success is the haters become yeah, he's, you know, like Geraldus. He's going to strike out 280 innings, for goodness sakes. Right. I mean, it's absurd, the, I, I the think, numbers he's put I up. I think we're right in Joey Votto, and obviously, you know, Father Time is undefeated, but I think we're writing his obituary a little too quick. He's notorious a second-half player, no doubt. and he's had a very good first half. So and he's had a very good month. This, yeah, th- let's, yeah, he's had let's a very pump good... the brakes, I think, on, on I'm Joey I'm not Votto. writing his obituary. Right, right, right. I, I, I know. I just think I, the calendar doesn't let's lie. See in September, let's see where his numbers are compared to, to years Right, but they're not going to make the playoffs this year. I'm thinking like down the right. Road. We're right, talking right. about 2019 right. already. Fair, yeah, that that's fair. I, I do want to know the 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 section of the fan base that that's ready to write off Scooter Jeanette. No, I I think it's the whole. They saw Sinzel. They see Sinzel coming, and and that's the, they want him up here. It's it's like a lot. It's like college recruiting. You want the new guy. You don't care about the senior average right. 19 a game last year. The new guy coming in is going to be better, right? But this is a fan base that short of setting candles outside of GABP cried for ages when Todd Frazier was traded. 
Yeah, that worked out pretty well, by the way. Exactly. But this was some – how can we trade it? I mean, maybe Scooter Jeanette needs to go win the home run derby, and that, that'll <laughs> that'll sort of make him everybody's best friend because people were freaking out when Scott – or when uh, Todd when Todd Frazier yeah. was traded. So the fact that they want Scooter out it, just because there's the next No, I, guy, I, think, I think it's the belief that, that the next prospect is ready and it's time right. – you know, you, you don't want to go towards – I, I think for them – And that's the obvious spot. Yeah. Well, Suarez has right. the contract. Peraza's coming, you know. And that's the two silver lining. Shortstop like Peraza yeah. to Senzel is is the is you know yeah. they can look at his ear now and see what's going on with the vertigo and the fact that you've kind of kicked the the scooter can down the road to to next yeah. year because he's still got another arbitration year and or look and go you know what here's three years for this number of dollars this is what we think we can pay you you up for it and if he says yes I'd do it in a heartbeat yeah and the, I would even the, bat an is, eye at it this is the section of the Cincinnati fan base that will be in Cooperstown when Senzel gets elected to the Hall of Fame and will be in Canton when A.J. McCarron goes into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Just the next guy up <laughs> is McCarron just better the hope best. he's a starter week one at this rate. Uh, doesn't, look, doesn't look good. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's amazing how he was supposed to be the guy here, right? Right. Yeah, and now he's so behind a guy who, in his first uh, professional start, threw five interceptions in the first half. Yeah. That's where AJ McCarron yeah, is. I, I hope that's not the case. Yeah. Um, all right, one real quickly, and I touched on a minute I've ago. I've got something too, but okay. go, yeah. There are four American League teams that are on pace to win 100 games. Uh, Seattle, barely, but they're, they are on pace to win 100 games. Houston, obviously, the two teams in the East, uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox. Two of those teams will be wild card teams playing one game, one game to, to move on. I know there's there's been talk of what to do in in both the National American League. Do you just have a 15 team division in mm-hmm. each and take the, you know X number of best records and seed them accordingly? I, I'm not of that ilk. Look, this is one year where the two teams in the East are great and the two teams in the West are great and the Central sucks and the Indians are the beneficiary. There may be another year where we saw it. The Indians right. and Royals were really good. The Tigers. I mean, it was a three way three way battle. It's just it's sometimes the luck of the draw. I mean, you can remember. You guys both remember the. Really, what led to the wild card was the year that I think the Braves won 104, the Giants won 103 in the West, and the Giants sat at home and didn't go to the playoffs because the Braves won. It sucked, and I do like the fact that they added another layer to the playoffs and added a team that's not going to be sitting at home with 100 wins, but I don't. I, I, I kind of like it the way it is. Would you like to see any kind of change in that regard? A shuffling of the deck? I think you have to shorten the season in order to do that. And the, the other problem is... How about we go first half, second half like some minor leagues do? Well, like we did in the strike season. Yeah, too. exactly. The, um, I like that, actually. I like the playoffs there. I, Didn't work I out in Cincinnati. I don't know that you really get around it, Skinny, even by adding <laughs> the three-game series is because of the pitching right. thing. Right. you gotta you got to use all your pitchers to get, get there. to that playoff yep. spot. Then they can't be used in the playoff. And then you win that mini playoff, and you're no good for the LCS. Yeah, then the you're, you're, you're number four starters starting game yeah. one of the LCS. So it's not like, the you know, we, we were schooled in the old days when there was – a World Series was the league was against it. the yes. league, yes. you know. Um, so your guys were kind of ready, and they usually win by eight games Correct. or whatever so you, they could yeah, rest. You, you set your rotation and they accordingly. they pitched every four days, and then the postseason they might take two days off. Right. Uh, so I, I'd i like to see it, but I don't know that it really does give you the the true winner or not. I think there's a lot of excitement about the one and done. I do too. I, I think that game's a lot of fun. Yeah, I really and, do. and you, do have to, you do have to mention, and you were talking about it, that – you know, if this were a few years ago, before what 2012, that one of these hundred win teams would be on the outside looking right. in. So the fact that they're even getting in to 
the um, to the playoffs is something. It, it, you see the same thing in college football. Every time they make it, every time they make a change, it gets better. It's more inclusive. It's more inclusive, but it's never enough for some yes, people. Right. You know, they, people are like, "Why are we? Why are we doing these two teams? This third team had a this third team had a better record, and it, this gets left out. So then they go to four. Well, we need eight. Well, we need sixteen. Well, we need everything. It's always no one is ever satisfied. Ninety six teams in the NCAA tournament, right? And no, the, thank you. The, the other part of it is. If you're going to win 100 games, first of all, there will be no tears shed for me for the Red Sox or the Yankees <laughs> if they're in a one-game playoff. But the, the point is is that be, be better. There's an incentive to win your division. And if the Indians, the Indians are, are going to luck out to not having to worry about being a wild-card team, that's the way it goes this year. That division is terrible. But this is not something that just you wake up all of a sudden and, and you've got 100 wins and the Red Sox have 99. Well, what, how come we have to? No, no, no. Figure out a way to win the division. Plus because you play there's each incentive other in 100 that. 100 times right. anyway. Correct. Do the Red Sox and Yankees play every week? Uh, every, it's every <laughs> other much. week. It's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a major league mandate they play 40 times a year. <laughs> yeah. If you don't like what the wild card has to do, don't put yourself in. I mean, don't put yourself in that position. Do what you can to to figure out a way and to figure out a way not to be a wild card. I mean, that's and that's all there is to it. And maybe that's where Matt Harvey at the trade deadline becomes a very <laughs> lucrative <laughs> option. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, you said you had something. Yeah, to I just I did want to know because we've been talking about trades and, and Reds or whatever. And one thing I've failed to mention, I'm, I don't know if you guys knew or not, but Rysel Glacius can opt into arbitration the last two years of his deal. But he's also not free agency eligible till 2021, though, right? That's correct. But he can opt into yeah. arbitration. So even though he's scheduled to make, I think, $5 million the next two years of his deal, he can file arbitration and probably get more. I mean, mm-hmm. an arbitrator is right. probably going to say that he deserves more Absolutely. than $5 million. Right. So his contract is not as team-friendly as it appears because he's probably going to make more than $10 million the next two years of his contract. So for a team like the Indians who are, you know, notoriously kind of cheap in terms of, you know, they had a deal in place a couple of years ago for Jonathan Lucroy, but it was only he, they didn't want to re-sign him. They wanted him to opt into the club option with them. And, and he, he said, said, no, thank absolutely you. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, you know, nickel and dimes could matter to some of these small market teams who are trying to get another piece to make the move up. I don't think the Yankees particularly care. The Red Sox, if they need a reliever, they're going to pay, you know, they'll they they'll sign Iglesias to a new deal or they'll bite the bullet and say whatever the arbit- the arbitrator says is fine, but he is that contract is a little less team friendly as it appears to be. Yeah, and I think the Reds showed this offseason on how you build a bullpen, right? You find the 34-year-old guy that's had success and and With Hughes can, and Hernandez. Yeah, it can still get people out and becomes the guy that you sign at a, at a team friendly rate. You have your back end young closer. Um, I, as much as I'd like Rizel Iglesias to be on this team for the next two or three years because he's very effective, right? If you get what you want come the trade he deadline, will not be with the Reds on August first. I don't think he will either. <laughs> and I'm I'm more of the belief the more I watch Amir Garrett pitch, there's my closer. And guess what? He isn't free agent eligible until 2024. I mean, we're talking a long time. I think he's arbitration eligible then in 20. I'm doing this off the top, but 2021 maybe. So talking about team control for a couple of three years before you even have to worry about paying the guy. And maybe in the interim you find out some kind of contract deal. But 
I'm at that ilk. That I think that's what good teams. You look and you go, look, I love Iglesias. I want him on this team. I want, I want him and to there's, be. A, there's playoff contenders that desperately no need question, and he would be outstanding because he's not just a guy that you go, look. It may be a team that says we got our closer, but here's a guy that can get you through the yeah. third out right. of the seventh, get you all three outs in the eighth, maybe face the hard, tough right hander in the ninth, right. and you got he's a left handed closer. While four to six outs. Yeah, I, I think he'd be extremely valuable. And if you got what you wanted. I, I'd hate to see him go because, as I mentioned, and you're right. I mean, the contract status for arbitration really is going to kick him up. He's not free agent eligible until 2021, but that's almost a moot point. I think you've, you're you starting to see the young closer in the making in Amir Garrett to the point where you go, I think we're good as much as we hate to do it, and we're getting this guy back and this guy back and this guy back. Sign me up. We're, we're good. Yeah, and the, the only thing is is that whoever gets him is probably going to have to tear up his deal and extend him. If yes, they want, which is, if they yeah. want to avoid the next two years yeah. of arbitration yeah. with him, so that, you know they meet in the middle and avoid going to arbitration. So that that's my only point is to say, if the Reds are saying, I just don't think you overpay for bullpen guys if you're the Reds. Other teams, no, if they no, want no. to go for it, I think if right. you're the Reds, yeah, I think you, the teams are going to trade for him. Yet I don't think they're going to care that much. And and that that may be the case, but they they may not care that much. But but what they would offer. Also, may not be oh, true. that yeah. great. Yeah, well, that's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's possible. But I, I, yeah, I think for the Reds, I'm not overspending for a closer. I've got my closer of the future, and he's under team control for quite a while. So there we go. Or is he a starter? One last no. quick one, yes. for you guys. <laughs> no. It's it's sounds absurd or maybe heresy, but. I've really seen enough of Luis Castillo. I got, I got to send him back to AAA. And I, 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 I don't figure want, something out. I, I don't want to say it in those terms because that almost sounds like you're Harsh. just saying to hell with him. No, no, I don't mean. Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't no. mean that. I, I still think he is. I, I think he. I think I going that down because he should be their best pitcher. No question. And right now he's their worst. No starter. question. It, it, and something's wrong. Yeah, it felt like when they got that whole arm slot thing fixed that. He pitched really well for what two or three next two or three starts, and it was okay. That was the guy we thought. They got his little mechanics fixed. Now, I mean, when he when it goes south for him, it is it it's like batting practice. You know, it's correct. This is another uh, C. Trent in the Athletic wrote. It it's you can go to his first walk of the game. He's pitched almost the same amount of time before and after his first. I think it was something like forty five innings. Before his first walk of a game in 42 45 innings. Pitches, pitches. pitches, you mean? No, no, I'm talking total innings this year that oh, he's pitched. Gotcha, gotcha. So 40, he's pitched oh, oh, 45 innings of those before cumulative he before he's walked and maybe 42 innings that he's pitched after. And the ERA goes from like two to eight. That's insane. That's almost like a guy who's just lost his focus because a guy went on base or has to pitch he out of the stretch. Like that, though, too, on the mound. Or a guy With that can't Freddie pitch Freeman out of the stretch. Walk. He's got a perfect game going. He walks Freddie Freeman. And the next five guys get hits. And, it's, guess and they what? were meatballs. And it's okay to, pit, to pitch around Freddie Freeman or walk Freddie Freeman. Right. That's, no, not, that's not unusual. Yeah, that's fine. If I, oh, I'm a pitcher, okay. Give me the next guy. I just right. avoid having to pitch this guy. Over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. No question. But, I just To me, though, and I'm not saying that that number should be the end-all, be-all, but I don't know what going down to AAA is going to do to a guy who mentally falls apart when he walks about. Well, I, and again, I'm not. I think it might build confidence. I'm not mechanically s- right savvy enough to know, but maybe it is a guy that has a hard time pitching out of the stretch maybe that's what it is that once he puts somebody on base he, his mechanics just fall apart out of the stretch and i don't want to have him work it out at the big league level go down to triple a and work that out that's I, true I, i'm not opposed no, to his that. starts I, lately have been a yeah and i just don't think you can keep running him out there at this point um and and shake the comp I mean, he yeah. would have been if he'd have lost the game he deserved to lose absolutely uh, against atlanta <laughs> the only starting pitcher that's lost a game in this stretch june 16th 
to yesterday. Now, Sal Romano he got bailed. Sal Romano got bailed no, out did. Sunday, but yes, points well, well taken. And R- Romano had a, a very similar start. He went through three innings. He's a guy didn't that give I, up a I, hit. I did the stats on it a while back. He's a guy that when you get past the fifty pitch mark for him. The ERA just balloons, and I think it's that whole third time for whatever reason. Seems like Tyler Malley's kind of figured that part out a little bit, and Sal Romano still See, isn't the quite there. He, he really battled. Yeah, out of a bases loaded. Yeah, it looked like he was about to get no get, outs, get blown up, and, and got out of there with nothing. Uh, so that's what I. Castillo's got the stuff. I think his head and his heart need some tinkering. Got to figure it out for sure. All right, boys, uh, by the time we do this again, 4th of July holiday will have come and gone, so enjoy your 4th of July holiday, and we will uh, we'll talk again down the road. Great. Big deal. For Gary Miller, J. Demusi, I'm Richard Skinner. It's been the Skinny Podcast, the Reds edition, presented by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati.